0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at FullSneakGear.com. Also, be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at Sportsman'sEmpire.com. Canines are our passion, they are our addiction. They are our way of life, right down to the very core, and without them, we would be lost. The canines of this world really are something to behold. They assist us at work, they accompany us at home, and they perform for us in the field. No matter where we go, they are by our side. Canines really are a ride or die, and for that, we are grateful. This podcast will showcase working canines of various breeds and disciplines as we search for those canines and their handlers who are always striving to be the best at what they do. Those who are always grinding. Those who are always pushing the limits. Those who are always dogging. Join us on our adventures as it is sure to be a wild ride. I'm your host, Bryce Matthews. And
1: I'm your co-host, Stephen Basham. And this... This
0: is Semper Doggin. God bless it. I tell you what, you guys are rough on a guy. You know that? You're rough on a guy. Oh yeah, we know. Never, 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 never. We all say that. We're coon hunters. My dog's never done that. Lane, has your dog ever done something dumb and you said my dog's never done that?
2: Hey man, all the time, all the time. <laughs> I'd be, i lying to you if, if I was said that they didn't.
1: The worst, the worst part of all that is when you go, man, he ain't never done that, and you know darn good and well that yep. everybody's looking at you thinking you're a liar.
2: Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you that's like why over mine that tall. That's when mine does, and I'm like, yeah, he's junk. He does this all the time. Yeah, reach down, pat him on the head a couple of times.
0: Well, it's a good thing I already hit the record button now, so everybody knows when Stephen Basham says, my dog has never done that, they know he's a liar. (laughs) Guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to the first official Simper Doggin' podcast, where we have another guest on here. Uh, If you guys tuned in to our last episode, you heard it was just me and Basham cutting up shooting a crap, just talking to you guys kind of about where this podcast is going to be heading. We're super glad that you're joining us. Uh, If you guys have followed along for any time with me on the Deep and Lonely podcast, I sure enough appreciate you for that. And I'm hoping that by adding a co-host on here, adding somebody else who's knowledgeable about hounds, canines, dog sports, that this podcast is going to go to new heights, it's going to go to new levels, and you guys are going to be able to get all kinds of content um, that, that's just different from what you're getting. It's it's not so mundane. Um, it's not focused on one niche deal, and and that's kind of what we're we're hoping to do here. So to start things off right, though, we have recruited a guest today from the southern half. Well, I don't know. Are you southern? Are you more southern or more western?
2: So I'm in I'm in northeast Oklahoma. So if you don't call that the Midwest part of the states, I don't know where you call. And I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, really. A legend.
0: Do, do, do you do you follow the Midwest versus everybody on Facebook? Do those memes I apply don't. to you?
2: I I man, I don't. I don't follow that. I'm gonna have to check it out. I guess. Is it? I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all good.
0: Oh, it's great. It's great memes. All about the Midwest. And so, I mean, I, that's how I usually can tell if somebody's Midwest or not. Do the memes apply to you or not? So you're gonna have to check yeah, it, it out. I don't
2: know. I'll. Uh, I'll check that out, and I'll get back with you on
0: that one. I think we're behind
1: the times on the memes.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Well, if you haven't recognized that voice before, you're gonna know it after this podcast. That is the familiar voice of Mister Lane Denny from Oklahoma Lane. How are you today, brother?
2: Man, I'm good. How are you guys?
0: I can't complain. Basham What's going nah, on in your end I'm of the doing world?
2: Good.
1: Little, little under the weather, but uh, hey, you gotta fight through it.
0: Suck it up, Buttercup.
1: I know. That's what I always tell you.
0: I know. He told me that all the time.
1: We'll be out hunting, and Bryce would go, "Oh man, let's let's just load them up. Let's just go home." I'd be like, "Suck it up, Buttercup. Let's go."
0: Oh man, Lane. What what are you working on right now? What what what's your project? We're we're gonna get into what you your has been's and and what you've been winning with. But what do what do you got going on right now?
2: Man, uh, I'm hunting. Uh, I've got an eleven month old pup off a shop and uh his this pup's mama's off of zeb three and hoochie mama um we call him juice uh i'm partners with him on a man uh mike reed is his name mike has started this puppy so i think he started training coons about five and a half months old and um i recently got him probably about three weeks ago and just been hunting him pretty hard and really trying to it's crazy to say this but you know trying to uh kind of get him ready for this spring coming up and he's a fall he'll be a fall one year old so i've just been pleasure hunting him and pleasure hunting shot and i've got another puppy off a shot that's uh be half sibling to this male pup that i've been hunting and really just pleasure hunting them pups and and uh trying to get them right really
0: yeah i'm we're gonna dive into that here a little bit because one thing that i do want to pick your brain on is is shot and not so much what he's won because if anybody knows anything about coon hunting competition coon hunting they know what he's won but i want to get into how you pleasure hunted him last winter because i believe you went through a little spell there where you said you just got back to the basics with him and and did some pleasure hunting if i if i remember correctly
2: absolutely yeah absolutely man we had to hit the reset button on him
0: yeah all right well guys if you haven't before uh lane has been on several podcasts this is not his first podcast this ain't his first rodeo so what we don't like to do we don't like to talk about the same stuff everybody talked about but we still need you to know who lane is if you haven't ever heard him before and we appreciate you you know tuning into our podcast to get the info so lane give us a just a brief description who you are where you're from when you started coon hunting and then we're going to start you know just building this building this up to where we are today
2: yeah man i uh i'm 27 now i guess uh it's crazy to think that, telling how old I am. But, yeah, I am going
1: to think about how old he is.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's when you know you're getting old. But 27, live in uh, Oklahoma, the northeast part of the state. Um, married to a pretty good woman. Got to shout her out. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, i just, just, uh, just a simple guy. I'm a diesel mechanic for a living. Uh, I don't coon hunt for a living. A lot of people think I do. You know, a lot of people think, man, you know, just – he hunt for a living no i don't i i still work from nine to five you know i got banker hours thankfully i work for my brother but um but yeah man i'm just just a simple guy i guess
0: well when when did you get into the coon hunting thing is this something that it has always been did you grow up doing it did you get into it in your teen years when did you get into it
2: yeah so actually my dad got me into it um just a quick little backstory. uh my dad done it growing up he he just had pleasure hounds you know man they'd run deer tree pot they just crazy i mean they might tree a coon every once in a while you know but um so my mom's family and my dad's family is kind of family friends and they kind of live they grew up just a couple miles from each other but my dad when he was in high school he would like through the woods it was like three miles from my mom's house and he turned them dogs loose and of course, back then you know his dogs they wouldn't go hunting hardly they'd kind of hunt around him Well, he'd walk all the way to my mom's house and shoot we'll shoot whatever they treat possums coons you know whatever uh and, uh and then he'd hunt all the way home but so my dad got me into it when I was 12 uh he bought me a couple pups and uh man my brother got into it with me my brother's nine years older than me but he got into it with me too and but we started them two pups, and and uh, I'll be honest with you, man. The rest is history. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy. The first time that I ever went, I just knew that I'd be doing this as long as I was able to walk, man. I, I, I'll be coon hunting. and I knew that it was just it was hook line and sinker. It was just something that that I guess it was a bug that bit me. You know, I guess it was kind of like a drug for a drug addict. You know, but um, I've just been doing it ever since, man. It's
1: an addiction for sure.
0: I mean, I, I can agree with that. Like, the first time I really went coon hunt was in college and uh, it, addiction. Like like you said, I knew from the, right then and there, like, okay, this is what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm getting a late start on this, but this is what I'm going to do. Um, it's kind of crazy. You just, when a bug bites you, it's there.
2: Oh, a- absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it's one of them deals where you either got it or you don't. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and it's, I think. Coon hunting is unlike anything else. Once you do it and you love it, there might be a time in your life where you might grow away from it, go to college or whatever, you know. But, man, you'll always find yourself back at it. And and that's kind of something I did, too. Uh, when I went to college, uh, I thought, man, I'm going to sell my stuff. And uh, so, anyways, I kept my dog. I kept Emmy. And uh, I sold my box. I sold my rifle. I sold everything. And, and uh, long story short, I went to college about – 30 minutes didn't know it at the time but i went to this college about 30 minutes from george major's house and and if if, he, if you're a coon hunter you know who the legend is you know george major and, and so anyways i got i i knew who he was obviously and i didn't know he lived that close but um Anyways, I hooked up with him, ended up bringing my dog up and bought all my stuff, bought another Garmin, bought another box. I ended up getting back into it. You know, it was, I was out of it for about three months, I guess. I wasn't out of it very long. But.
0: <laughs> Just enough to upgrade all <laughs> your equipment.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I've done that a time or two.
0: Well, guys, what we really want to talk about here is is Emmy, and you heard Lane mention her earlier. You know that's the dog he had when he was in college, and that's the one thing he didn't sell. I bet you're glad you didn't, aren't you?
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. That dog has been an absolute blessing to me, um, and my family, and and everybody that uh, that she is that you know the her. You know, I've had a couple guys haunt her. Just she's just been an awesome blessing. It's it's unreal. You know, it's crazy to think a way a, the way a coonhound can bless somebody you know and and do what what she's done for me and my family it's it's crazy it's awesome it's a good deal
0: yeah so spavenall creek insane emmy where did the spavenall creek come from is that a creek around your house like i'm guessing
2: yeah so yeah that's uh that was the creek that i grew up coon hunting as a kid that was a that was the creek the very first time i ever went coon hunting was on spavenall creek um my dad lived, I grew up on a, about a 90 acre farm, I think it was, and it kind of joined the creek there, and and man, we would coon hunt all the way down that creek, and, and uh, so that's kind of where I got my start at, and I've, I've had dogs before her, you know, and um, just, you know, I I never really named anything like that, I just, whatever was on their papers, I would just put them in my name, I didn't really have a, you know, a, a thing, and i got her and man i just knew she was something special and and i thought man i i just want to name her after that you know because you know that that creek bottom is is what uh what hooked me into this thing and and what's really ultimately come to change my life forever you know so that's where i got that and the insane part of it a lot of people ask me they're like well she off of you know insane cane or anything like that and she she don't go back to none of that but when she was a puppy man she she acted insane like you could have her tied to the tied to a truck and if somebody walked by you think she's going to eat them alive just be underneath the truck growling at them you know and just she was just crazy acting but really she grew out of that of course, you know with age but um we just called her that and and it just kind of stuck with her
0: so did you get her as a pup a pup pup like have you done all the training and everything on her
2: yeah yeah man I got her she was 10 months old when I bought her um I, uh, I got her from a guy that lives not far over here from me, and, and uh, she had actually just – she was natural. She treated – he hunted her probably three or four nights, and I think she treated Coon the first night he turned her loose. Um, and uh, this guy goes through a lot of dogs. He He's not real good about keeping one. And, and uh, I had to, you know, go back a little bit. I had a blue tick. Yeah, I hunted blue ticks, believe it Ooh. or not man we don't need chris uh, powell
0: to hear that goodness (laughs) gracious i hate
2: to even admit that but no i I had a blue tick and and he was a good one man and i didn't have a tracking system or nothing i lost him and i I just i just thought it i mean it just took the air out of me. i wanted to quit so i'd been looking for a dog and and uh, i had a couple i'd been through a couple dogs and i even at at the time i actually had a black and tan and uh were you scraping uh, the bottom
0: of the barrel or what were you
1: doing here
2: he was Man, singing I, the
1: blues after losing the blue
2: tick. I, I, yes, something. I don't know what I had going on. I was at <laughs> a dark place in my life, I guess you could say.
1: <laughs> well, he was singing the blues, and then he went to a dark place in his life, and he went yeah. to black and tans.
2: <laughs> and I've, I've been all over the board. And then baby. he
1: saw the light, and he got a walker.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Some nights I wonder. Some nights I wish I'd have stayed the blue tick pleasure, Hunter but no i had that black and tan and i'd heard about this dog emmy and uh i hit the guy up and i'm like hey i heard you got a pretty nice walker female and and he's like man she's just a puppy i've just hunted her a couple times but she has treated coon and and this guy likes trading around on dogs and i uh i said hey i've got a black and tan and the black dog would treat coon um he, he just he wasn't nothing like the blue tick i had was you know and and I'm like, hey, I'll do some swapping with you. So, anyways, I traded in that black and tan at four hundred and fifty dollars for, her. and she was a ten month old puppy, and I got her, and and uh, man, the rest is history. I mean, we we I went to hunt her, and I knew from the first night I turned her loose, uh, she actually didn't tree a coon for me for a little while. At like the first night I turned her loose, she run drunk junk, and actually, I think she run a coyote, and she got run the coyote into a <laughs> into a uh, brush pile, but. Um, I just knew, you know, she had heart. Um, you turn her loose with dogs, even as a 10 month old puppy, man, she'd just be over to herself, you know, through there. And that's the same way that blue dog was. And I just knew that was the type of hound that I wanted. You know, I knew if I was going to competition hunt, that was the type of hound that I needed to have to compete. And so I just seen that, you know, those tools in her and I just went to hunt her, you know, and that and she was all I had. So just me and her and, and man, I, I couldn't, coon could coon her hard. I, there was, I remember several nights. You know, I would literally go home. I would hunt all night. Um, I'd go home and and take a shower. Might take an hour nap and get up and go to school. You know, I mean, just you know, we and it's just crazy. But that's that's how we were. We just we was just we hunted. You know, I hunted the heck out of her. But
1: what's she off of?
2: Uh, she's actually not off anything special. Um, her her daddy's a dog called Gorgeous Gomer. Ronnie uh, Ronnie Patton owns him from Tennessee um and uh gomer he goes back to bulldozer uh smith's bulldozer and that's they say that's where she gets her color from the guys that i've kind of talked to about her um because you know she's kind of a high tan looking dog those that don't haven't ever seen her but um and then uh and then she goes back to uh uh james atwell's uh not uh nighttime that savage dog and uh but nothing special she goes back to rat attack a couple times and maybe Naylor a couple times but Nothing, nothing great, you know, nothing that like, man, you know, that right there, she's bred out of this world, you know? Yeah.
0: Sometimes them dogs like that, they make the best ones, and, buddy, she has proved to be a good one good one for you. How old is she now?
2: Uh, she is uh, 11. She is 11 years old. Is yeah. she really? Yep. Yeah, she's a 2012 model.
0: Hmm. I'm telling you, I really she, didn't think she was that old now.
2: Yeah, yeah, she turned 11 in May.
0: Holy cow. Well... That, that, guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little mind-blown right now. That's crazy. So, so you got her. You trained her as a pup. Obviously, you went to hunting her hard. Started winning with her. Let's start out in 2014. Anything special happen then? The Simper and Podcast is proudly presented to you by Froggy Bottom Outdoors. Opening in February of 2024. Froggy Bottom Outdoors is the newest outdoor and hunting supply, habitat management, and livestock feed provider in the Midwest. With a wide variety of products, a unique business model, and a dedicated team of individuals who are eager to provide their customers with an unparalleled shopping experience, you will not have to search any further than Froggy Bottom Outdoors. With brands such as Garmin, Yoder Nylon, Banks Hunting Blinds, Purina Mills, Kalmbach Feeds, Antler King, Anukshuk, Real World Products, and many more, Froggy Bottom Outdoors has you covered from the farm to the woods. Visit froggybottomoutdoors.com and follow them on Facebook to see how they can help you. Not finding what you're looking for online? No problem. Feel free to give the store a call at 765-330-2098. The team at Froggy Bottom Outdoors is excited to get to know you and will be glad to answer any questions you may have. Remember, Froggy Bottom Outdoors is opening next month, February twenty
2: twenty four. Uh yeah yeah so uh two thousand fourteen um I put her in some hunts and some you know open hunts and stuff and uh I, I think I'm pretty sure I won a th- I won a thousand for nationals of course I don't. I don't know in 2014, I don't know how old I was. I don't think I was driving yet, but so I would just go to hunts when I could, you know, but I ended up winning her money for nationals and took her to the youth world hunt and, and found some luck out there and, and, uh, got lucky and, and, uh, made the final four of that deal and ended up winning it somehow. But, um, it's just one of them deals. It was, a, it was, uh, she performed good, but we caught some really good breaks along the way. It was just a hunt we was mentally in, I feel like.
1: That's what it takes to win, you know that. Sometimes it's not just about the ability. Sometimes, you know, you you take a guy that's meant to win something and it just seems like it's like the carpet's rolled out for him, you know. It's it, it's Absolutely just
2: man. Yeah. I've been on both both sides of it. I've been on been in hunts where, you know, I'm thinking there's no way I can possibly lose this cast and, and get blown out of the water, you know, get beat or or catch a bad break or something. Mm-hmm. And then I've been on casts where I'm like man i should not win this cast prime example um she made the finals of the youth handler showdown the year that she won that we won the youth world hunt i drew a hillbilly deluxe um i drew the awesome dog that won the pkc world hunt a couple years prior to that and the sundown shine female and and here i am hunting a two-year-old young dog and, and i'm thinking there is absolutely no way that i'm gonna win this cast you know and uh Anyways, this that was early and, and uh she treed two coons, nothing else treated a coon and we won and went to the final cast of that deal, you know, and it was just, just one of them deals, you know. just you just can't ever tell. But I'm like you, Basham. I, I feel like when a guy's meant to win something, there ain't nothing that can stop him, you know. I feel like he's gonna catch you every stinking break he needs and and when you're not meant to win when you're in a slump it's it's the same way, you know. It's it's this this sport is a sport of of highs and lows, absolutely, it's, it's unreal, it's crazy.
1: It's humbling,
2: for sure. Yeah, it is, absolutely, absolutely, that's the best way to describe it. it is, it is a very humbling sport, very humbling.
1: The minute you think you're on top, whew, here yep. comes yeah, the yeah. axe.
2: I've always told guys, you know, something I've learned, you know, you can hunt as hard as you want to hunt, and you can have one as ready as you think you got it, but that don't, you throw all that out the window, and you line them up against three other ones, and, and cut them loose in the cast, I mean, yeah. Um, especially on the bigger levels, because every dog's going to treat coons. I mean, it's just going to be honestly. Some guys like I don't believe in luck, and and I I, I disagree with them. I feel like you know if yeah. whoever a lot of the times when you turn four good ones loose at the same time, whoever catches a break is more than likely going to win the cast. I mean, one break could win a cast or could lose a cast for somebody.
0: For sure. So. So 2014, you can't even drive yet. You're still hunting this dog like crazy. Go out, you win the youth world champion, or the PKC youth world championship. Next year, 2015, you take her to the CHKC youth world, and you put her in the final three of that hunt. Is that luck?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's what I'm going to count it to. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, we we I just hunted her, man, and and I had her. She was on a roll. I mean that. Goes was back to being lucky. I think, you know, when you get on a roll, you better keep going. We won the youth world hunt in October and the following spring was the CHKC youth world hunt. And, uh, you know, she looked good out there. She done what she had to do. Um, you know, it was, it was good cast, made the final three, uh, caught a bad break in the final three. Honestly, that, I mean, just, it could have cost us the world championship, but it is what it is. We ended up third, you know, so, uh, it is what we just blessed to be in the final three of another youth world hunt it was it was cool it, it was a cool experience
1: that to I- give you a little credit lane i mean it's it's also where <clears throat> you know hard work meets luck you know what i mean yeah you can get lucky but i mean there's a lot of hard work that goes into it too
2: oh yeah absolutely you know i, I feel like uh you know i i just you know, it's one of them deals I, I i've always said this and it don't matter what it is in life in general but You know, the harder you work, uh, sometimes the luckier you'll get, you know, and and, uh, just kind of like you said, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you got to, you got to be prepared for whenever, you know, it is your time. I mean, you got to have, you got to have your ducks in a row and you got to be, your work has got to be put in. I mean, that's, that's 99% of it, in my opinion. I mean, you got, you got to be ready for whenever, whenever you do get lucky and and, uh, catch a few breaks, you know.
0: Yeah, so then it, you didn't stop there in 2015. The Oklahoma State, tell us about that with the UKC.
2: Yeah, so uh, the Oklahoma State UKC hunt was held in Adair, Oklahoma. Um, and uh, so when I was a kid, back up a little bit, got to give a little bit of credit. Uh, Carl Reed, I give Carl Reed half interest in Emmy. He tried his like he tried his best to buy her. I knew what what I had. I didn't want to get rid of her, but he was a great dog, man. She was a young dog. I had a lot to learn myself about training dogs. And so I told him, I'm like, i tell you what I'll do, man. I'm like, you know, I've heard nothing but good about you. Um, I'll give you half of her if you want to take her and hunt her and and help, you know, help me along. You know, just kind of give me pointers here and there. And he hauled us around before we had our license, and he took us to Youth World Hunt, um, stuff like that. But it was the state UKC hunt was held at his club um and uh i believe i was a freshman in college i had i had emmy i wasn't even hunting her a whole lot yet at this point i don't think i'd met george yet i didn't know george lived up there but i left from college on a friday and drove down there and uh got lucky and won my cast uh both nights and back then it was you know the high scoring double cast winner was your state champion they didn't have a final cast hunt off or nothing like that like we do our state hunt now but we ended up winning our cast both nights and and uh, ended up winning Uh, the oklahoma state ukc championship and it was it was a cool thing i i that was a goal that i'd always wanted to win you know you see you know it's you know it's it's always a big hunt to win i feel like i mean uh and and it was it was a cool experience you know we won a dog box and i've still got that dog box today um i told myself when i won that thing i'm like i'm never gonna get rid of that dog box you know It it was it was probably I mean, I won sure the youth world hunt, uh, and that was a cool experience. And that plaque, but that dog box, man, I was a kid and I was proud of that thing. I loved hauling that dog around in it.
0: Did you ever put the dog box in the truck that you won?
2: I have, yes, yes, I have. Um, but at at that point, uh, the dog box was about wore out, but I still <laughs> used it.
0: <laughs> well Well, walk us through that, man. You went you went down there to the truck hunt. And I'd be darned if you didn't win that thing with her too. And I vividly remember that picture on pro hound of you and her in, on the front cover right there in the driver's seat, you and old Emmy.
2: Yeah, man, I tell you, it gives me goosebumps right now. Thinking of that, you know, because that was a deal. Go back to like bashing And I were talking just a second ago. That was a hunt that I 100% was meant to win. Um, that hunt was decided. I feel like before I even turned my dog loose and, um, I'm not saying that to sound cocky or it's nothing like that, but it's so we didn't even get a truck ticket that year. Um, we ran for, we ran in two months. Uh, we ran in the month of May and then we run for one in the month of September. Both months, we missed a truck ticket. The at-larges come around. We don't get an at-large bid. And I'm thinking, man, maybe we'll be an alternate, you know. And, and so anyways, goes on there, rocks on there. We're not an alternate. Nobody calls us literally like three days before the truck hunt i get a i'm working at work i worked for my brother back then too i was rebuilding the motor and i sat in the shop floor and uh my phone rings and it was an 812 number and i'm thinking I don't know who that is you know but and i just had a feeling i'm like man you better answer that well i don't answer it and we go on lunch break i'm like i'm gonna call this whoever it is that call him back and it's jerry jerry mole and he worked for pkc at the time and he said hey he's like uh uh, uh Brennan Kosselman's female come into heat, and he just called us said he's not going to make it. Do you want to come hunt for a new truck? And I said absolutely I do. And uh so, like three days before the truck hunt, my dog—I'll be a hundred percent honest with you guys, man—I hadn't been hunting her hard. She wasn't. It wasn't like I had her ready, you know, because I—I just lost hope. I'm like, man, I'm not going to get to go hunt the truck hunt, Uh, you know. And it's kind of—I think it was kind of a bad winter that year, the year, if I remember right. So. I'm like, it is what it is, we'll try again next year, and uh, so anyways, I get off the phone, and I go in the office, and I ask my brother, I'm like, hey, can I take off for work Friday, and he's like, why, and I'm like, well, I told him, and he said, yeah, man, no problem, he said, go to, go in your new truck, and uh, I told myself, I'm like, man, I just, I had a feeling, like, when I got there, I'm like, man, this is just, too much is lined up for me to have to come and hunt for this truck, like, you know, I feel like this is a blessing sent from God himself, and and I'm like, if I, can, if I can get lucky and win my early round, like, I, I feel like I can win this truck. And uh, go early round, man, we uh, we're, we're had a horrible hunt. A den tree is winning our cast, and he's blowed out of the country. And it's real hilly where we're hunting at, surprisingly. And uh, uh, Doug Compton's my judge, and, and it's winding down there toward the end of the cast. Of course, my dog showing her treat on the Garmin. And uh, I've got to get to where I can hear her, man. I'm just sick. and. It works out to where all these dogs are on the dog lead because I was struck in, and uh, I'm so the six is working and we're I'm like hey we need to walk to the top of this hill right here so we take off and we're huffing and puffing, and Doug Compton stayed with me the whole way and we get up to the top of this hill and you can hear a treat in there man, and uh, so anyways I I uh, they, Doug hears them they get cut back loose before I get treed in I was just I was just shocked at the time you know I could even hear. And, uh, I get her treat in and, and, uh, anyways, uh, we go into her, the hunt runs out as we're getting to her and and she's got a coon to advance to the next round. And, and that right there, I I caught some breaks like that to win the youth world hunt, just kind of a different scenario. So I'm like, man, maybe this is this, maybe this, maybe, maybe this is meant to be. And, uh, late round, we had a shootout. Uh, I ended up winning the cast. I think she treed three coons and, I think we treed like seven total. I treed three, another dog treed three, and then another dog treed one. Um, and then we was in the final four, uh, you know, and and uh, that was just cool in itself, you know, to be in the final cast of a truck hunt. Um, you know, I just, I just, I think I was just barely old enough to get to the casino. I think I just turned eighteen. And uh, but I was, I was in it. Shine Cummins was in the final cast with us, and he's a local guy here too, you know. And me and was, Cheyenne, was he hunting Shack? yep he was hunting shack um you know so he kind of kind of calmed my nerves a little bit Cheyenne for those that don't know Cheyenne he's a, j- a joker man he loves tracking up and joking and nice. uh, I remember I was on the phone with Amy Thomas and she was doing my interview and he walks by me and he says hey Lane go ahead and tell her that second place ain't too bad for a kid and uh, we just started laughing you know and and uh he was just giving me a hard time but Anyways, man, just just got lucky and and uh, won the final cast of that thing and won a new truck. It was it was unbelievable, man. It was it was a, an experience that I I didn't think I was ever going to get to achieve again. Um, but you know, God works in amazing ways, and and uh, you know he's he's blessed this blessed this ultimately again. You know, this last winter, but uh, it was it was awesome. It really was.
0: Yeah. So. So you go out there, you win the truck. how old is she when you won the truck?
2: Uh, so it'd been 2018, so she was a six-year-old.
0: So she's a seasoned. She's a seasoned dog at this point. You know, I really think yeah, she's in yeah. her in her prime at that time.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know she she as a as a one-year-old, she was she was deadly. She was a very nice dog, and she went. She got into heat. Um, went through a rough stage. And kinda never found herself again until she was about four and a half. And then when she was four and a half, five, she settled down and and uh man, she she was absolutely she was the she was the right kind. I mean, she was everything that anybody would have loved to have on the end of their lead. She was one that couldn't ever count out. I don't care. There's if there was five minutes in a cast and you she was off the dog lead, you couldn't count her out as long as she was within striking distance, you know.
0: What what made you keep a hold of her and hunt her through that rough period from one to four and a half i mean that's a long time where she didn't really ever find herself again what what made you just hold on to her and not you know if you had guys wanting to buy her why didn't you just send her down the road make a little cash
2: man uh you know i tell you it was it's just one of them deals i mean i I, i'm a person that kind of gets feelings about things and i i look for even in the bad even in the bad i look for something good um, you know, uh, me, me. I, growing up as a kid, I played sports. I wasn't ever the fastest or the strongest, but I had the work ethic. And, uh, you know, and I, I saw that in her. I saw, it's crazy, kind of corny to say that, I guess, but I saw her work ethic. I saw the heart she had. And I knew if she would just stick it out with me um, that, uh, you know, I could make her, make her not really make her, but I feel like that she was going to be that type of dog that was going to grow into herself again. She, I was just going to have to be patient with her. And ultimately, man, it just worked out, you know, um, you know, she was, she was all I had really at the time. And I liked her. Um, I liked even, even when she looked bad, I liked what she done, if that makes sense. Um, she had all the tools that I liked in one. I mean, uh, and, and what, what her bad thing was is she was just inconsistent. I mean, she would have nights where she looked pretty good, you know, but just inconsistent. She might make it, you know, two or three extra trees that she don't need to make, um, you know, and, and uh, but when she was, like I said, when she was that you know had a little age on her, she settled down and she became more consistent. And but I just, just ultimately, I guess, to answer your question. I, I just knew, like I, I knew I seen seen the good in her, you know. And and I was like, man, I just I can't give up on her yet, you know. And and so I didn't. I just stuck it out and man, it just worked out.
1: Yeah. You taking notes on that patience thing, Bryce, with you and your pup. But oh, woo, buddy.
2: <laughs>
1: woo, I mean, patience, Bryce. Patience.
0: I know. So, so as we're recording this here, it's um, we're recording this on November 30th, and you know it's going to be well into January for you guys hear this. But it's a good thing I'm getting ready to be gone for a week starting tomorrow because I think me and her both need a break from each other.
1: I'm, I'm leaving hey, tomorrow. Man, tell him again about patience. Yeah.
2: Just whenever it gets rough, you just gotta. Got to rub your ears and say, saw woo saw.
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to try that because, by guy, last night it was like freaking 1230 in the morning and I'm tromping through the thickest stuff on the reservoir trying to get to this dog. And she struck this track by the road and, buddy, she drove it. And I'm like, oh, yes, this is going to be a good one. And she let out three big old long balls, make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And she rolled it over into a chop. Ah, ah, ah. And I mean, I freaking busted brush in there to her. Nothing, just nothing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was just so let down. I was so every everything was right. It's like you said, it was supposed to. It was meant to be. The stars were aligning. No, 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 it didn't happen.
2: Look for the good and the bad, Bryce. That's all I can tell you.
0: The good and the bad was I was able to find a better way out than what I took in because it was rough going in. There you go. There
2: <laughs> you go.
0: <laughs> but no man it, it's good that you stuck it out with her because it, it kept going it went up from there with her 2019 you accomplished something that i've been wanting to accomplish bashman has been wanting to accomplish 99 percent of the guys in the competition coon hunting are wanting to accomplish you sir became the united kennel club world champion walk us through it
2: man it was it was cool uh so that year we had the zones um in uh, miami oklahoma which is about an hour from me i guess uh and uh that was the first time that i'd ever even got a dog got a cast win at an rqe that was at the time that was my goal i'm like man i just want to win a cast at an rqe i just always had a bad luck bad luck bad luck at rqe's and um anyways i i get her qualified in gerard kansas and uh, we, uh, I go to uh, the zones there at the house, I get to guide, and I won my cast the first night, and uh, uh, I didn't have a very good score, uh, I cost her, I treated her right up, she was running wide open, treated her out of the truck, you know, me being the great handler that I am, I treated her out of the truck, and <laughs> took a minus, thank goodness she treated two coons and made up for it, but I knew I was, I, I I was going to have to uh, to win the next night to advance, and got lucky and treated the only coon we seen the next night. And, uh, you know, we made it to the finals of, of the world hunt for the first time going into it. I had no expectations. I was just pumped to be there. You know, I was just excited. And, and I thought, man, this is cool. You know, I, 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 first time I ever got a dog to an RQE and I got through the zones and I was just writing it off to beginner's luck. Honestly, I'm like, yeah, we'll probably get beat the first round, but Hey, top 100 ain't bad. And, uh, we uh we went our first round, uh just another deal, man. She just kinda like the truck hunt got out of pocket. It was hilly, believe it or not. We was in Iowa, but we went way out in western Iowa and it was hilly. And uh she got way out of pocket. These other dogs was making trees. Um nothing had treated Coon. Uh finally get to the top of a hill and, and here she sitting in her tree, got her truck and treated in. Um, these other dogs end up getting treated too and but they couldn't beat me if i had a coon and, and uh, i ended up having a coon every dog ended up having a coon but nobody could beat me and uh you know we won early and i was like heck yeah that's cool you know and so we we go to the next round there and and uh that was back you had a hunt by yourself and uh the guy that dawn i can't think of his last name but he was the one that guided the finals of the world hunt that year and and um he took me hunting and she struck an old track and worked it up and got treated and had a coon and so we got to advance to the next night and the next night we drew a really good cast we drew uh uh dalton i think dalton was hunting shack dalton cummings was hunting shack um Duel murphy was hunting piper and uh the uh i can't remember who was in the who the other dog in that cast was that's about me i can't remember that but um we had a we had a good hunt we uh it was kind of a controversial deal you know the thermals was just coming out i had a thermal um uh we i go to my dog handler her by herself she's in one tree in a ditch there ain't a tree for a quarter of a mile from it and um get to her of course in ukc back then you couldn't have a you couldn't use a thermal get to her i handle her it's like the first 20 minutes of the hunt. Um, I don't shack a tree to circle tree. I know because that's before I left the tree. They go score the other. Oh, I know. It was Bear Creek Maggie. What's the other dog? Maggie and Piper and Shaq, all the three got treated together. So they lead to me. I've got a coon. Um, Piper treated a coon in the meantime, and I was getting beat. Um, and anyways, one of them was like, do you have a thermal on you? And uh, I'm like, yeah. Well, the judge, actually, the judge is like, hey, what do you got in your pouches? And I pull out a spotlight, and I'm like, a spotlight. And uh, he's like, "What's in that other one?" I was like, "A thermal." And he's like, "And uh, anyways, long story short, I I hate to even sound dramatic or whatever, but they tried to scratch me for having a thermal on me." Um, And uh, so we had a cold timeout. Uh, We had to go all. He's like an hour from the club. We had to go all the way back to the clubhouse. It was a big out deal, and they didn't scratch me because I didn't use it. And they're like, "Well, you can't scratch him for having it on him." And, uh, so anyways, we go turn loose again and I'm getting beat, uh, uh, Piper trees another coon, uh, Emmy trees another coon. I'm getting beat, uh, on, on, uh, on actually we're tied. It comes down to the very end of the cast. Me and dual are tied, but dual dual has a circle tree and I don't, um, we don't have no minus it like got down to basically the circle tree was going to win it for dual. Mine gets treated again with about three minutes left in the cast and, she just kind of trailed one up, you know, and she just got treated. And I knew a circle tree could win it for me because I had more circle points on this deal than, than Dual did. And so I get her treated and I just want to get her handled. I'm like, Hey, we get her handled. This is a done deal. You know, we'll, we'll have to worry about the next round and get her. And, uh, I didn't think she'd have a coon to be honest with you, but she had a coon treed. Um, I think that gave me like five seventy five. I think. And back then, you know, they, they had to do a deal where, there was five casts, so the top three – or there were six casts, I guess, or something. I can't remember. Well, anyways, the top three scores would be in the finals, and then there would have to be one late round that night to make up for the fourth dog in the finals. And luckily, we was one of the top three scores, so we automatically advanced to the finals, And which, is, which was a big, important deal to me because at this point um, she was uh, seven, you know, seven coming eight. And she had been hauled all over the country since she was two years old. And, you know, I mean, anytime you can get lucky and get a buy, so to speak, with an old dog, you gotta you got to take advantage of that. So we made the final cast, and uh, it was it was a nail-biter, man. It was a good cast, and we treed several coons on that cast. Um, Emmy treed uh, two – no, she treed three, but had the bigger part on two of them um and uh the ace dog tree three as well but he ended up taking some tree minus so we won the cast and and man walking out of that field i i tell you it was it was one of them deals like you know you 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 know you won the cast but it you was like counting scores again you're like man are you sure that i won this cast you know it was just cool i mean it was uh it was an experience and a feeling that when i it was the same type of feeling when i won the truck that i feel like i would never ever got again you know and And, uh, you know, it was, it was cool, man. It was, it was a dream come true. I'll be honest with you. I knew winning the UKC world hunt was a big deal, but I didn't know it was that big of a deal, man. I had people want to be my friend from like literally all over the world on Facebook that coon hunt, you know, and, and that, that squirrel hunt and run beagles and run coyote dogs. Like they all saw it, man. And it was like, I was like, man, that's a little bit bigger of a deal than what I really thought. You know, it was cool. It was a, it was a huge blessing.
0: Yeah, man, that that's absolutely awesome. So <clears throat> you mentioned she was seven at that time. Did did she ever have a litter of puppies before that? Like, when did you when did you breed her and know that you had something that you wanted to get some pups off of her and get them onto the ground?
2: Yeah, so uh, that's so she won the UKC World Hunt in 2019, and so in 2018, uh, be a year exactly before that. Uh, we bred her to uh, Big Money, and that's when we got Shot's litter. Um, so, and that was a litter that, man, like, when we, when I, I kept, I actually, so Shot was Kevin Cable's pick of the litter, and I kept the millionaire dog that we'll talk about in a little bit, and I kept a female that was called Fit. I called her Counter Fit, and I kept them two, and, but, yeah, man, that litter, them two puppies that I started, I was like, man, these puppies like act so good. But back up a little bit, we actually bred her as a two-year-old. We bred her to Mafia Cheyenne's dog, um, and anyways, it was it was I don't know. It, somehow something else got to her. I, I don't know if it happened at my house or what. Um, probably did. I, I don't know, but um, she had a crop a litter of crossbred puppies, and um, she uh, they were black and tans, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but these the black might-
1: and tan came back that you traded for <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah exactly that's probably what it is truth be known <laughs> that would be that would be something but my dad sent me a video of these pups when they were like nine weeks old treeing on a coon tail. and uh i'm thinking that's kind of odd you know and and uh, so i kept a male pup out of that cross and, and that pup started training coons at like 10 months old he wasn't nothing special boy I had a big mouth, he treated coons, that was it, and, uh, but I knew, I'm like, well, that's kind of weird, you know, I'm like, maybe she will reproduce pretty good, and then, and then when them puppies off of Big Money started early, I'm thinking, you know, maybe, maybe she'll reproduce pretty good, you know, and it's, it's not, I mean, obviously, it's some of the male dog, but I'm a female guy, like, honestly, like, I, I, I believe, without a doubt, I feel like that, you know, Sixty percent of it's a good female. I feel like if you have a good female that's bred right and that can reproduce, you could breed her to a cur dog and they'll be coon dogs. You know,
0: it's interesting how people think about that. You know, some guys are like, oh no, it's a hundred percent the stud dog, and and then you don't have a lot of guys that say it's a hundred percent the female. But then you'll have a lot of guys who are like, you know, I don't know, I, like kind of like you are. Like I'm gonna say more fifty sixty percent the female. She carries a she carries a big end of that load. And
2: yeah, she does, I mean, she does. And, and, you know, but I mean, look at Willie and big money and, and dogs like that. Like they could breed, of course they have a lot of puppies on the ground, but they are good reproducers. I mean, you know, I think, I mean, I'm not saying it's all the female by any means, but I feel like that's where you get those special litters, you know, right. um, you know, say if you, you know, you might get one or two good ones out of a litter, you know, out of just a mediocre female or whatever. But I feel like, man, if you breed if there's a female that's a good, that's bred good, that's a good dog, and she's a good reproducer, you know, out of eight puppies, six or seven of them's going to treat coons, and three or four of them's going to be something special, or has a chance to be, you know. I, I feel like that's, but you know, I'm not saying it's all the female by any means. I, I mean, it has a lot to do with the male dog, but I myself personally, I feel like it's sixty percent the female.
1: Right. So I'd be one of I'd be one of the ones that agree with you. I'm a fem- female guy myself, so. Yeah. So,
0: what made you, and we're going to roll through this with who all you've bred her to, because she's been bred to, to three different stud dogs you've got. You've got a lot of pups on the ground. I think she's got, what, 21 pups on the ground now?
2: Yeah, she's got 21 puppies.
0: So, you bred her to big money. You've bred her to rodeo. And you've also, who's the third one you've bred her to? Uh, Willie. Willie, that's it. That's right. Willie, that's right here in front of me. Big money, Willie, and rodeo. What made you go to big money first?
2: Uh, so it wasn't long after we won the truck, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I was like, man, that'd be cool, breed two truck winners together, and uh, so that's that's what I did. I, I bred, we bred her, took her to big money, and uh, you know, I, I thought, man, that that would just be something cool, and thankfully it just worked out. It was just a luck deal, you know. I think. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a cross that, that was – at the time, it was unique. You really didn't kind of – you didn't hear much of two truck winners being bred together. Um, and, uh, you know, and then, of course, when we won the UKC World Hunt, that world champion, a world champion cross hadn't been made since In St. Jane X Jr. to my knowledge. Maybe it had been, but at the that time – was
1: big cross right there.
2: Yeah, man, and I was like, man, that would be so cool to – to breed two world champions together, and uh you know, of course, Jr. Gray—he's a great guy—and Willie was starting to reproduce some really good dogs. So, but yeah, I mean, that was on the big money thing. I I feel like it was just a just a me, you know, doing something that was different, you know, because it's something that at the time you didn't see a lot of, you know. But. And
1: then you turn around and followed it up with another world champion, a world champion with rodeo.
2: Yeah, yeah. So then we we uh, we brought her to uh, rodeo and. And, uh, you know, Rodeo, actually, um, the guy that raised Rodeo, um, they, they called him Joker as a pup. But I got to hunt with Joker, Rodeo, whatever you want to call him. I got to hunt with him a lot when he was 11, 12 months old. The guy over here in northwest Arkansas had him. And, uh, man, he was, he was something special. He was a barker, but he was, he was a coon tree even as a pup. And, uh, you know, and of course, when he won the world hunt with him, I thought, man, it would be cool to, to make that cross again um you know at the time we really didn't know what rodeo was going to reproduce like uh but man he's he's starting to throw some good puppies you know They're starting
1: so to come around That's
2: they awesome are you know awesome. so it's, it's just been it's just worked out luckily i mean um all three that we have got puppies out of worked out for we bred her a couple times to some different semen um that didn't she didn't she had one dead puppy a piece and and I, I was kind of bummed about one of them one of them we we bought some Zeb three semen from Ryan Cross mm. and stuck in her. Um, mm. and uh, she had one dead puppy, man, and it was it was sickening. I was like, Man, this is this is gonna be awesome, you know. I, I'm so excited. Like that was one thing that I always, always, always wanted to breed her to was Zeb Three Semen. Yeah. And when we got that deal done with Ryan and we drove her to Tennessee and I, le- I literally left her there for like a week and a half. They they progesterone, tested her, done everything right. Surgically AI'd her, um, brought her back home. Uh, anyways, long story short, she ended up having one dead puppy and, and it was just, it was a bad deal. But, and then we brought her to goose Seaman right after he won the PKC world hunt. And, um, they AI'd her. Joe was awesome with the deal. He took her and, and kept her for like two and a half weeks at his house and, and they AI'd her, um. And just a, just another bad luck deal. She had one dead puppy. I mean, it was just both times are better to see me. We just had bad luck. I think it was, you know, I think it was just a, just a bad luck deal. You know, it just didn't work out like it's supposed to.
1: You don't get a better man than Mister Joe Manning.
2: No man, he's good. I when I called him and told him what I wanted to breed her to, I I think he was more excited about it than I was. Yeah, um, we went down to the Lone Star, and, and uh, he's like. I said, man. I said, you know, she's due to come in heat in like a week. You know, I can I can drive her down to you when she comes in heat. And he said, absolutely not. He said, bring her with you. He's like, we'll take care of her. And uh, he's like, I know what she means to you. And and man, like every day he would send me a picture of her on his couch. <laughs> like he he literally took care of her better than I did. You know, he was he was absolutely hands down great with it. And all the guys that I ever bred her to was great. You know, with it and about it. I mean, but uh, but yeah, Joe was Joe was awesome about it.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the pups that came out of these different litters. Uh, let's start off with your first uh, cross that you made, which was Big Money. How many? How many pups she had? She had five.
2: Uh, no, I, Big Money or, she had eight.
1: Eight. My bad.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was looking had, at the wrong litter. Yep, yeah, she had eight out of Big Money. Um, uh, you got uh, so like I kind of touched on earlier. I had um my pick of the litter was a dog that I called Millionaire. Um, and then I kept a female called fit and then Kevin got shot. Uh, there was another male dog that a young, that I sold a buddy of mine, um, Gerald Keener south of here in Telequah. And he started him and he sold him to Josh woman. And I've lost track of the dog. I don't know where he's at. Um, I got, I called UKC and got the records to see what dogs have won what, um, and, and he ain't a night champion, you know, so I don't know if he's still alive. I don't know nothing about him um and then uh i think there was one pup that was that didn't make it out of that litter that was dead um and then uh you got uh there was another one in arkansas that that the guy hunted her and hunted her and messed with her and she didn't make it you know she she never i think she she trees a few coons but i just don't think she's she's nothing great you know um but uh that litter was a good litter you know it turned out to be a good litter um court and he got shot in that litter too. Um, and uh, I got, I bought shot, so I, so Millionaire, uh, the Colton Atwell owns him now, he called me um, when Millionaire was about five months old, uh, he would go hunting, Millionaire would, uh, he hadn't treed yet, he would treed, you could make a drag a hundred yards, and he would strike it running, it, tree it, had a big mouth, pretty dog, I mean, big old pretty puppy, and he called me wanting to buy him, and, and I'm like, man, I would rather you, see, the female would go hunting, and she had treed a couple times with dogs, and I'm like, this might be dumb for me to say, I'm like, but I would rather you buy this female. I'm like, I like the male dog better. He was my pick. You know, he's just pretty. He looked a lot like Emmy and he's like, no, we want a male dog. We want a male dog. So they, they kept on me and I priced him finally. And, and uh, and they bought him. But, um, as a one year old, he got in the top six of super stakes. Uh, he's been in the court, the semifinals of the Missouri pro hunt, uh, I think he's got three or four wins in UK see them boys don't hunt him in a bunch of hunts. Yeah. Um, honestly, they're just, they're just pleasure hunters and they like coon hunting, but that's, that's a good dog. That's, that is a very good dog. I, I really, really wish that, that, uh, I had him honestly. I mean, he's, he's everything you want and want. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's, he's a coon treer, but he's also a barker. Um, you know, but he barks about once every hundred yards, got a big mouth. He's a, he he's, he's one of my favorite dogs out of that litter to be completely honest with you. Um, so anyways, they got him and then fit. I sold fit to a boy over here, uh, lives close to me. His name's Hunter chance or a good buddy of mine. Um, and, uh, she's close to a PKC champion. If she isn't, I know she's riding around there, but again, he never put her in a bunch of hunts. Um, he's got like three or four wins in UKC with her. Um, and then, uh, uh, but uh, she, I think she won a couple casts at Super Stakes, too. So I, I think she is a PKC champion. Um, and then uh, you know, and then there's Shot. I ended up buying Shot back. Um, so Shot got Kevin. Long story short, Kevin traded Shot to Bradley Kelly um, for Money in the Bank. And I think he gave him money, too. I'm not sure how all that worked. But anyways, I ended up buying him back from Bradley Kelly as I think he was 10 months old when I bought him back. Um, I think he'd treat a coon or two for Bradley. Um, when I got him, I, I hunted him for probably two weeks before he ever treated coon for me. But, um, but it was, it was, it was, uh, one of them deals. I mean, he was, he was, I, I, I got lucky when I found him. Um, Bradley posted him and, and uh, I called Bradley about him and, and, uh, I just bought him, you know? Um, during those
1: two weeks, you weren't thinking you were lucky, though.
2: No, no, he he, I, he was. I think he treated a lot of squirrels when he when he was young, and I think that he would make trees. Uh, but he he was treating a lot of squirrels.
0: Hey, I'm gonna jump in here and, and and say one thing, is that we need to make it a point, Basham, to get Bradley Kelly on this podcast because that Joker is as good as Pup Man as anybody else that I know. He's had a lot of good ones come through his house and you like you said you got you had world champion money in the bank he called him duke i hunted with him whenever he called him duke you got shot there's um the indiana hannah dog there's just a lot of good dogs that have come out of bradley kelly's house and he's just a quiet guy he don't take the mic but i think that i think that'd be a good one so let's put that under our hat for a future podcast
1: definitely
2: but yeah we i got shot uh when he's 10 10 months old and, and uh it, he was just like his mom and he was aggravating man he was an aggravating dog and but it just worked out you know he's he's been good to me and my family you know so um but uh but yeah that litter was a great litter I mean that litter turned out great I think I mean um the ones that got that have been put in the hunts have won you know like I said it's just kind of a deal where the most of the guys just haven't pushed them like I did shot you know um the millionaire dog I feel like without a doubt, he's got the tools that it takes to win just as much as my dog has, you know, but them guys just, they just couldn't, you know, and, and uh, the only, I think he took him to his two-year-old super stakes too. Um, he won a couple of other rounds. He didn't win late. Um, uh, but, uh, but then he didn't take him as a three-year-old, but fit, same way. Fit was, it was a nice female. Um, she had her quirks like all of them did, you know, in that litter, but she was a good one.
1: Speaking of shot and, uh, he wanted truck too. You got them parked uh, side by side outside.
2: <laughs> no, I actually don't. I uh, so the one I won with Emmy, um, I give it to my dad. My dad drove it for a while. Um, he, the, I, I was lucky, blessed. I had a good truck at the time, and my dad, you know, he his vehicle was giving him problems, and and I told him, I'm like, man, I'm like, just take this truck and drive it. I'm like, you can have it. I'm like, do what you want to do with it, and he didn't want to take it. You know how that deal goes, but. Yeah. uh ultimately man he he drove it for a while and and uh he got to where he he bought him a nice vehicle too you know and and he come back to me and he's like hey you know what are you gonna do with this truck and and uh i'm like well i'm like if, if you don't want to use it no more i'm like we sell it and we can do whatever you want so anyways he sold it and uh turned and i he he put the money in my account you know but um it, it's funny uh the, my so my mom and dad get, they're not together um but my dad uh he knows my mom's husband and, and uh, works with him at the same dog food plant. They get along um, and everything. But um, he's the one who bought the truck. Was my mom's husband. So the truck state has kind of stayed in the family. So it's it's cool to see, you know. Uh, um, but I I I am uh, keeping the one that that I won with shot. But uh, I uh, but yeah, yeah, I, uh, It's it's cool. It's it's a cool thing, man. I, I never in a million years would have imagined that uh, that, that would ever happen. I you know I, I knew. I knew that Shot was just like Emmy, the good and the bad. I I seen both in him, and I'm not saying that I didn't feel like he was gonna win nothing big, but I just you know at the time I'm like, there's just this is crazy, man. There ain't no way that I'm gonna win two trucks, and and but you know this sport has been a blessing to me, man. I'm telling you, God has blessed me beyond measure. I I can't I can't express just how thankful and blessed I am because of of these dogs, man. It's crazy as a kid when I got into this sport if you'd have told me that it would have made me what I am today and, and blessed me like it has, I'd been like, there's no way. Um, but it's, it's just amazing, man. It's, it's, I'm very, very, very humble and very blessed for it because it, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's, it's, uh, there's a million people that would love to be in my shoes and I just can't thank, thank God enough for, for allowing me to, 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 you know, just to be blessed like I've been. It's, it's, it's unreal good. I mean, it's, it's cool. It really is.
1: Definitely. Well said. Well said. Uh, So we move on from the uh, money litter and we go into, it looks like uh, probably your most productive litter. And uh, that is uh, the litter. When you bred her to Willie, let's talk about those pups.
0: We all know that canines can take us to some wild places, and some of those are only accessible by an off-road vehicle. No matter how hard you try to maintain your ride, something is bound to break on one of your adventures. When you find yourself looking for replacement parts, or maybe even a few upgraded parts to further try and prevent a breakdown, look no further than Never Satisfied Off-Road. Joey Goforth is the proud new owner of Never Satisfied Off-Road and is ready to serve you. Performance accessories, such as lift kits, portals, tires, and more can all be found at Never Satisfied Off-Road. Located in Covington, Tennessee, the team at Never Satisfied Off-Road is ready to ship parts and accessories for your ride anywhere in the country. As their new website is currently being built, be sure to follow them on Facebook at Never Satisfied Off-Road 23 to keep up to date on the hottest items and sales. Give them a call at 731-693-9921 to place your order and get your ride ready to follow your canine wherever they may take you. Are you ready for the best part, though? Mention that you heard this ad on the Simper Doggin podcast, and you will receive a Simper Doggin-approved listener discount.
2: Yeah, man. So, you know, uh, that litter, a lot of people ask me, like, hey, what what litter is the best? I'm like, man, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. But that litter there, uh, I feel like on paper is probably the best litter. But as a litter as a whole, um, you know, uh, they uh, there's
1: a lot of there's a lot of eye popping uh, stats as far as that litter goes, as far as on paper.
2: Yeah, absolutely, hands down. I mean, uh, you know, Terry Bennett um, and David Griner. I think they ended up with like three or four of them. Um, So the one that I kept, I started her, I. I'll be honest with you. I absolutely hated her. I hated her, and that that might be bad of me to say, but she was my pick of the litter, and I hated Where were her with
1: her patience.
2: Yep, my patience <laughs> was not there with that one. Uh, just, just I, I just did not like her. But um, so Terry, I called Terry, and I'm like, hey, you know, do you want this female? I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I don't think she's gonna make a dog, Terry and uh i'm like but you know she's bred good and and you could breed her to something get puffs out of her i'm like but i i don't believe in that you know i'm like if if they ain't gonna suit me i'm not gonna breed them to nothing and uh, so anyways terry bought her back but yeah that litter's awesome man you got you got X floyd terry bennett owns him and he's a gold champion in pkc and and uh been in the top 16 of the pro sport truck hunt twice um you know of course he's a Grand night champion. Um, uh he's uh been in the top 100 of the UKC world a couple times uh then you then you've got uh, the 4x willy dog that David Saunders owns and uh, that dog's a night champion at least um and i think they, his boy won the state youth hunt with him and that's a good dog too uh, then you got uh scar uh jr uh, Ellis is female and man them guys have done really good with her they've they've pushed her and she's a very nice female um probably one of the best ones that you can ask to draw you know when she's on but it sounds to me like she's a lot like her mama you know i don't hunt with her every night but jr's kind of told me her flaws and and sounds to me a lot like emmy when she was you know two or three year old and but uh you know heck they won walker days with her and and uh you know got her in the finals of autumn oaks and almost won the triple crown with her i mean um you know so got beat out by their own dog Yeah, by by their own dog. I'm lucky, guys. I tell you, that's crazy. Them guys there. But, uh, but yeah, no, that litter was awesome, you know. Um, I I, I don't know. I'm probably forgetting, you know, a puppy or two, all that cross that made good dogs. You got got
0: Game Changer in there, too.
2: Uh, Game Changer, yeah. So, Game Changer, I think that dog's got about every title you can have in UKC. (laughs) Them boys, they water race him, and they hunt him. And I actually hunted him for for Johnny at Autumn Oaks uh, last year and won my cast in the championship deal in the night hunt and then uh and then he didn't do no good on the bench so but he's he won his cast there and and we know uh, that
1: line cuz uh the Yeah, uh, High dollar whiskey.
2: Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> Oh bash, I moved hired showhand right there. <laughs> 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 but uh yeah, that dog's a good dog too. Um the freaky female that they call freaky now, I called her Freckles. That was one I kept I didn't like uh she they they had patience that I didn't have, and when she was about 15 months old, she turned the light switch on and went to Trion Coons. And you know, they've made her a night champion by now. And and uh, you know, I think she might even be a grand night champion, but um, you know, so so she's a nice female too. I've heard from several people that she, she's turned out to be a good female, um, but yeah, that that cross there, man, it's it's awesome, you know, yeah, them, well. them guys done great with that cross, I you know, that cross alone. Uh, you know is, is you know Emmy she's on the uh, the uh, all, or the current female reproducers list in ukC and I I mean gotta tip my hat off to them guys because that without that cross and without them guys pushing that cross like they have she wouldn't be on there you know um, but uh, but yeah them guys have done great with that litter. every one of them it would just worked out the ones that made it have, have had a chance to, to be putting some cash you know so it uh, that was an awesome awesome deal.
1: Definitely, and that moves us right along to the very last one, and uh, probably the one that's not been pushed as much as the other ones, and uh, that's the rodeo litter.
2: Yeah, so I'll be honest with you, man. One thing describes that one, and that's bad luck. That litter there. Uh, so the the rodeo bulldog of Alan Pinkston's. Um, he lives down lives in uh, North Central Arkansas, and uh, you know that dog's one. He's been in the, the quarterfinals of the UKC World Hunt. Um, he got I don't think he meant the top 100, but he's a night champion. He's got his money won for the Super Stakes and um, all that. But uh, that's a good dog. Um, uh, Scott Engel's pick. I've actually got Scott Engel's dog at my house right now. Um, they call him Time. Um, and uh, with a little bit of time, I mean, no pun intended, that dog, but he'll be he'll – be, Scott will do some damage with him. Um, and then the one that I kept – um, hands down, I'm not just saying this because she was mine, but she was the best one-year-old I've ever had at my house. Um, she was—I had won her money for super stakes. She was about 13, 14 months old. Uh, she was bad about climbing trees. Um, she fell out of a tree. Uh, took her to my vet. Uh, you know, she—she she didn't make it. You know, she—she she passed away. And, and I'm telling you, man, that one hurt because she was—she was absolutely the best one-year-old I've ever had, ever, hands down. Done everything, uh, you know everything you can ask. Moved around, good. Dead loner. Had coons when she treed. All natural ability, just like her mama was. And I was, man, I was, I was pumped up about that deal, you know. And that just, I took the wind out of me when we lost her. But she was a good one. I mean, um, and then uh, you know there was. Uh, I've got a male dog too that me and James Perryman's part of, partners on. He's at James's house. He treats coons. He's never been in a cast, you know. She only had five in that litter, um, and. You know, just bad luck has been been with that litter. But, uh, you know, I, I think I think the ones that are alive, I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like you're going to – you'll start hearing about them. Um, you know, I, I know the the one that Scott's got here at the house, I've been hunting him and a little bit for him. Uh, you know, he was kind of blown up when I got him, and, and I'll be honest with you, I laid him up for a little while and just started hunting him and letting him be a dog again. And he's starting to tree coons, and he's got some good tools too. So that's a good litter too, just kind of a bad luck deal with it.
0: Man, you said, you, you said something there that I told you in the beginning of this podcast I wanted to go back and, and cover. You said when you got him, he was kind of blown up, and you've just put him up, you've let him be a coon dog, and you're doing your thing. And you did that with Shot. So go back for me, just backstep a little bit here, and tell us what happened. Because there for a while, you were winning everything that you put Shot in. I mean, he's got over $80-something thousand dollars won in PKC. You know, he's won a truck. You, you've done some damage with that dog but there for a while then but then it seemed like he did it seemed like he kind of blew up and every you guys are just catching a bad break or bad luck and couldn't win a cast and i remember last winter you said you just went back to the basics you just started coon hunting him and letting him be a dog again just just walk me through that because that's something that i personally need to learn how to do is learn when to take your foot off the gas and just coast yeah so man we're all
2: guilty of it man we're all competitive uh, we all want to win, bad, you know, and, and I feel like a lot of times. Of course, every dog's different. Some dogs can handle it, some dogs can't. But I feel like we put too much pressure on these dogs sometimes. Um, and uh, so, you know, as as a uh, so, I guess back up the summer before last winter, um, we run the PKC state race with him. Uh, we well, he's actually. Like second in the national mail race for a long time, we was Ike craney was running it too, and and you, I learned right then and there, one man cannot run the national race. You can't do it. You'll wear yourself and your dog plumb into the dirt, and ultimately that's what happened, man. It was I, I put the dog in too many casts trying to win a national mail race with him, and um and uh, by the end of the year he was. He was what I like to call cast stale. I mean, that dog knew when he was in a cast, you could pleasure hunt that dog after a cast and he would perform just great hands down. But you line him up against three other dogs, you know, and cut him loose in a cast. He would still treat cones for you, but he spent 45 minutes. Uh, if it was an hour of cast, he spent 45 minutes of the hour trying to get away from dogs. Um, and uh, so, you know, I just, he was just, he was burnt out. Like he, I hauled in too much and, put too much pressure on him, I wasn't pleasure hunting him like I needed to be, um, so I, I told myself, uh, you know, my father-in-law, they live in, in north central Kansas, and they got some hands, awesome coon hunting, and he's good with dogs, um, and we would go up there once or twice a month, and I told myself, I'm like, I'm not, after this, after October, I'm not putting my dog in any cast, I'm just gonna pleasure hunt him, and we went up there, man, and, and, uh. You know, like I said we go up there twice a month. Of course, I hunt him around here too, but up there we got him in scenarios to where we couldn't get him down here because the coon population is way better up there. But long story short, we we let him just be a dog all winter. We I I literally just turned that dog loose, um, you know, just shot coons to him and and uh, just let him be a dog. And, and you know we he went through a he went through a spell there. The biggest flaw on the dog when he what he was doing in the summertime was if dogs covered him, he would just pack up and leave. Um, you know, they didn't have to get rough with him, they didn't have to make an off bark. He just didn't want to be around another dog. And so, man, I took him up there and, and we would literally like it just worked out a couple of times my father-in-law was hunting a young dog that would cover a little bit, and finally one night I got in there to him when the dog covered him, shot the coon out to him. And that's something I never do. I mean, that's a, that's something I'll never ever do. Hardly is is kill it now when the dog's six years old or whatever. He ain't gonna do no nothing different. But I don't believe in killing coons of dogs when they're treated together. Um, and I killed this, killed a couple of coons soon when a dog would cover him, and but uh, got him over that, and I just put uh, a pleasure on kill him, killed. Uh, if he treed forty coons. And, you know, in a month, he'd get 40 of them. I mean, uh, you know, i, I uh, that's something that I never really have been big about. Um, but that opened my eyes. I feel like that's the best way to hit the reset button on a dog, so to speak, is is just turn them loose, let them be a dog, and kill them coons to them. And that's what I did, you know. And, and uh, you know, thankfully, he, he mentally, he, he, he matured mentally. And, and I always said if the dog would ever mature mentally, you know, he, he was always a good dog. He always had the coon train ability, you know, the ability to move around good. Um, you know, he, he was a dead loner. I mean, he had all the tools of what I looked for one in one, but he just mentally, you could tell he wasn't mentally mature. Some nights he was there and some nights he wasn't just kind of like a little kid, you know, in school, I guess. But, um, you know, and, and mentally that winter, he mentally matured and, and we just got back to the basics with him and, and, I literally just coon hunted him all winter and, and just let him be a dog. But, um, you know, I think that pro sport truck hunt that was about an hour from my house that February, I think it was, was the first hunt we put him in after just hunting him all winter. And, and then the dog was, he, he, he was doing things that he never done when he was a young dog before this, he treated a lot of coons. But like I said, he spent a lot of time trying to get as far away from dogs as he could. Um, you know, now, He's not going to cover dogs. He ain't going to do none of that. But that winner, man, he he picked up a tool that I've never had in a dog, even an Emmy. Uh, He he might be a half a mile off the the first tree of the night. But if he was in a patch of woods or there was three coons right there by him, he would tree all three of them off the cut. I mean, just bang, bang, bang. And, uh, you know, I think that ultimately, you know, I think that was just part of that maturing mentally. But – you know, I, I think that all of that has to account to that. I feel like we sometimes, man, we get caught up in hunting them in the hunts and winning and beating on them and whooping on them and, you know, shocking on them. And, and I mean, instead of just letting them be a dog sometimes, you know, I mean, letting them enjoy it. I mean, I think that's that's an important deal. A lot of people, as myself, I still to this day, you know, I, I get caught up in, in trying to make one a winner, trying to make one a winner, trying to hunt hard and do this and do that. And ultimately, special when they're young and some dogs can take it look at meltdown meltdown man you could shock him and beat him and do whatever you want to do to that dog and when you cut him loose it didn't matter what you was, then you could run enough electricity through that dog dustin did to probably light up the town of dallas um but that dog man he could take it you know and, and some of them can but very few of them can
0: and that that's something that i did literally last night i was telling you about that story earlier is me and my little pup now she's so Seventeen months old now, maybe. Don't hold me at the stake on that one. Um But she it's taken her longer to mentally mature than I would expect for one two. She's coming along and she's tree and coons, but the last few nights we just haven't been clicking together. We've been button heads. And I went out last night knowing good and well that I'm getting ready to be gone for a week. And I put the T five on her. That way there was no way I could do when when I get in them moods and I'm frustrated. I I can't hit the button. Put a T five on them. Let them be a dog. You know, that's just something that I had to do.
2: Yep, yeah, best thing to do sometimes turn them loose. Get back in the truck. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, if uh, I've done it several nights, especially on young dogs, man, just been so mad. And I knew, man, I I'm just gonna whoop them I, when I get to that tree. They're gonna take it. And uh, man, just you know, just calm down and and just just uh, let them be a dog. I mean, I you know, it's. It's crazy. Sometimes the, you know, I, I there was something that somebody told me one time in college. I was on a lifestyle judging team as our coach. He said, "Kiss the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid." And sometimes that's the best thing you can do.
1: Yep. Hey, that, what I tell you, Bryce. I mean, look out, look out for old Spot. You know, me and Bryce, me and Bryce went out and uh, had a good weekend a couple weekends ago, and uh, I told him kind of the same thing. <clears throat> I haven't hit a competition hunt. And, Oh, two and a half months now. And uh, I'm just – it's just me and one dog. And anybody that knows me knows usually whenever I roll up, I got a dog box trailer and I'll have six or seven. And uh, uh, it's just me and one dog and uh, not just for him. Sometimes as handlers, we need a reset button because we get get so – running up and down the road and you get so focused on a goal on winning and when it all comes crumbling down you need a reset button you need to go back to your roots and figure out why 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 do i even coon hunt why do i even do this you know and sometimes i feel like that not only the dog needs it but the handler needs that reset button too
2: yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 kinda different, you know, The most guys. They could they could take away all the competition hunts tomorrow and I would still coon hunt. Uh now would I hunt a different type of dog? Absolutely. I don't think I would have a big wild dead no. lonely type of dog. No. I'd I I don't you know, I mean I would just want something that would go treat coons, you know, and, and uh but you know, I, I, I'm just a coon hunter. I, I ultimately I got into this sport because, man, I, I love dogs. I love the competition side of it, but there's several guys that I know, man, they'll be honest with you. They'll be like, the only reason why I do this is the competition. And ultimately I feel like that, you know, a lot of times, you know, if that's the only reason why you're in it, man, it's, it's, it's you're going to want to get burnt out on it because you're going to go through slumps. Your dog's going to look bad. You know, you as a handler, you're not going to be able to get on the same page as the dog. And I've been there, I've done it all. And, And I know like, you know, it's, it's, sometimes you you just got to take a step back and and say, man, I'm just going to go Kuna tonight. Like I, I'm just going to load my dog up, literally not even look at my garment. I'm just going to sit on my tailgate and listen to my dog tree. And, and, and that's, that's, that's what got me into it. You know, was the sound of the dog. I mean, so uh, you know, it was a, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I mean, we, as, we, as, we as handlers and houndsmen, we have to have a reset button too, just like athletes do, you know,
1: And that's why we wanted to bring you on here. And that's kind of what embodies Simper dogging, always dogging. And it's not just about one training style doesn't fit every single dog. It's about that mutual uh, bond between that houndsman and that dog. You know, it's your feelings going down that leash into that dog, being able to understand the dog and the, change of behaviors before it ever happens you know into an actual result and uh like i said that's why we wanted to bring you on here is because it's a passion of not just competing but having a dog training a dog being friends with the dog being buddies with the dog and ultimately just living life chasing dogs and and training them
2: yeah absolutely man i tell you i've always said it uh you know i feel like you you if you really want to see a dog perform and to look as good as he can look, uh, you know you won't see that until you respect that dog as much as he respects you, and uh, you know I feel like whenever you get a dog to perform for you, not only for his own pleasure but for your pleasure, that dog man is is gonna he, he will absolutely perform one hundred percent better. And from my experience, you'll uh, get every- more
1: heart out of a dog
2: absolutely every dog that i've ever been successful with emmy was that way shots that way uh this this pup out of shot that i've got high hopes for he's that way too um you know but yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's that's what it's all about it's it's uh, at the end of the day we all do this because we love it we don't do it because we're trying to get rich we don't do it because well you can make a million dollars i'm sure there's a lot of money to be hunt for today but at the end of the day you know we we do this because we really truly enjoy it. Now, I mean, there's you know there's times where when we when we're on a losing streak, or we're upset. But I'm telling you right now, if it don't eat you alive when you lose, then you, then go find something else to do. Because you're um, not passionate. Yeah, you're not passionate about it. Absolutely, you've got to have that fire. I mean, you know, uh, sure. I've I learned a long time ago. You got to be a good winner to be an excellent win, or you got to be a good loser to be an excellent winner. Um, and uh, you know you gotta learn how to lose as well as you do win. But at the end of the day, I mean, if anybody tells you, "Yeah, I enjoy losing," they're lying to you. I mean, because especially if they're competitive, you know. And I can't do, say
1: I've always been a good loser, though. <laughs> we're, we're working on that. We're working on hey, that. We we let's not talk about that. That's the elephant in the room. Let's not talk about.
2: Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, that's that's all of us. You know, we gotta. We I had to learn when I was a kid. Man, I tell you right now, I was a handful um you know but, i'm not uh, a kid lane <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh you know i've learned though you know i mean it is what it is that, you know it's at the end of the day you you just you got to enjoy it i mean um you know but uh it's 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 crazy you know like i said it's it's this sport there's so much opportunities for it um you know but you have to be passionate about it just like an athlete is about his 40 plays you know i feel like you know, because when times get tough, you know, and there's, there's, it's especially in Kuna because when you're out there hunting six, seven nights a week, there ain't a fan base watching you do that. There's not somebody saying, yeah, you're doing good. Keep it up. You know, Uh, it's just you and nature out there, you know, and, and uh, there's, you know, you've got to really enjoy what you do, especially in this sport or or it's going to get tough and you'll want to quit, you know, but.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, buddy, you know, we've got, we went through here and talked a little bit about Emmy and and how you raised her, trained her, went all the way to the top with her. Then you, you've got a pup out of her that you've took to the top again uh, on many many levels, and now you're working on a third generation pup. Is is that pup what's next for you? Is that what's going on? You've got Emmy, I'm I'm assuming retired now at 11 years old.
2: Yeah, yeah, she uh, right now as we speak. She she stays at my dad's house. She's probably sleeping on my dad's couch right now. Um, so she's definitely retired. My dad, he coon hunts. Like I said, when he was a kid, he coon hunted. He don't hunt, he works too much now, but, you know, during the winter, he'll hunt a little bit and he'll want to go and he'll just take him and, and, you know, hunt her. But, uh, you know, I, I tell you, man, I, I've been so blessed. It, it's crazy to think how blessed I have been. Um, especially to think that, you know, I've been doing it since I was 12. Uh, you know, I've had Emmy since, you know, she was a year old. So since 2013 and now, I'm you know, Hopefully, I'll have the third generation, you know, coming up with this pup off shot. But man, I, yeah, I really like him. Uh, he's got he's got some tools, and if he'll hang in there with me, I know he's a baby. Uh, but you know, he he, uh, if he'll hang with me, I, I think that dog of people will be hearing about him. Hopefully, with a little luck. Um, but you know, it's it's been a blessing. It's unreal how how good God's been to me and how great these dogs have been to my family.
1: You got any uh, future? i know she's 11 years old but uh i know it's in the back of your mind too uh any any future plans on one last uh one last litter
2: well uh not very many people know this um but uh
1: breaking news breaking news here we go Uh,
2: but so last year um so two well let me think what so the litter before we bred her to rodeo she had a mask come up on her back um Took her to the vet. They, they, they cut it out, said it's not cancerous, sent it off. They're like, you're good to go. Like, can, we, can we breed her? Yeah, I breed her. It's fine. Bred her. She had puppies, raised all of them. Been an excellent mama. Uh, about, I don't know, eight months ago probably, Um, we same mass come up, took her to the vet. They're like, you know, it's not cancerous, but it has potential to become cancerous. Um, they're like, you know, if you don't have her spayed, they can it can become cancerous and it's all to kill her so i uh, man, that the dog did not owe me a freaking thing um she had been excellent to my family uh you know so we we made the decision to have her spayed and so no more unfortunately no more puppies will be coming out of her she's got what she's got so uh you know it, it's a sad thing and it sucks but you know i'm just blessed that she's still here you know at 11 years old coming 12, I mean, you know, and, and like I said, she didn't owe me nothing. If if it means I can get two more years of just her being around the family, you know, hopefully, you know, my wife and I, hopefully we'll have kids in the, in the near future. And if it means that that dog will be around those kids, man, it's sure, have her spade. I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, it does suck because, you know, all, you always want to try to get one last litter out of them, especially when they, when the puppies has been as good to me as they were. But, hopefully uh hopefully kind of shot can can kind of take up the slack for them on that end of things but yeah so so unfortunately no no more puppies out of her
0: yeah well man she's been like you said you've said it a bunch on here she's been just great to your family and and the good lord has blessed you in in everything that he's given you and you know i think all three of us sitting here on this podcast we could say the same thing you know we've we've all had some good times in here and we got to thank the good man above for it so uh, you got anything else you wanna talk about, man? I, I hope you can listen to this here years down the road and think about all the good times you had with Emmy and the pups out of her and we'll let you end here with whatever you got on your mind, buddy.
2: Yeah, man, I, I just uh you know, I, I wanna thank everybody that uh, you know, this is kinda this deal's kinda been all about Emmy. I wanna thank everybody that's been there through her career for with us, you know, and uh definitely gotta thank Carl Reed. He hauled her and I around when we was a kid and both of us were just pups, so to speak and um, that man right there has been good to me and my family too. Uh, he He's, he's like a second dad to me, man. And, and, uh, but, you know, and thank everybody. I just want to thank everybody that's kind of supported me over this deal. I mean, still to this day, I got people that call me and text me and, and, you know, Hey man, how you doing? And, and, you know, congratulate me when I get lucky and am successful. And, you know, it's, it's just been a, a major blessing, you know, and it, and like you said, man, it all comes from the good Lord. And, and, you know, I'm not a perfect person. I'm just about as bad as the next person, you know, but I'm telling you, man, I count my blessings every single night and he has blessed me and my family beyond measure. Definitely got to thank, you know, thankful for that. But, um, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, man. I, and one more thing, I just, my ultimate goal, people are still ask me this, you know, they're like, well, now that you're retired Emmy, what do you want out of her? And I'm like, she don't owe me nothing. But you know, what would put the cherry on the top of the cake, so to speak, is when she's dead and gone, if she gets inducted into the PKC Hall of Fame, um, you know, because, man, I, I feel like I'm biased and, and I don't brag on one enough. I don't think sometimes, but I've just always been that way. But, you know, I feel like that, that dog right there deserves it as much as any, any dog. I mean, both performance and reproduction. I mean, uh, you know, and if she don't get it, that's fine. But man, I just feel like just just my opinion that's what it, that's the only thing i want left you know is is uh, somebody to vote her into the hall of fame you know and that would be that would be awesome to me but it's 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 been a wonderful ride with her and, and these you shot and every other dog that i've been able to hunt with out of them and like i said i'm just blessed beyond measure it's it's unreal how, how good god has been to me and my family
0: absolutely basham you got anything to wrap us up here brother man
1: no, I think, uh, man, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna leave it to the professional there and uh, let him in this segment. Shoot, just he did. sounded, uh, he sounded awfully good saying it. So uh, I'm just gonna leave it all at that.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mr. Lane, man, great guest and great to have you on here. Great friend, um, love watching you compete on the level that you do. Love seeing everything you got going on. Uh, always in your corner, man. So, so thanks for joining us, Lane, man. It's been been a great, great time. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Simper Dog and Podcast. Um, we hope you'll continue to stay on this journey with us. Uh, we've got a lot in the works. We've got a lot coming down the pipeline. Uh, Bashman and I—we're dreamers, man. We've got big, big visions for this thing. Big dreams. And and big like, dream. go ahead, Lane. I want to
2: thank you guys too for having me on this deal. You know, I uh, I always enjoy doing podcasts just because I like talking to people, and I consider you two my friends. You know, so it's just like I'm sitting down here talking to my buddies and. I, that's you guys do awesome with this and and I hope and pray for you guys man it just takes off because both y'all you know y- you guys are good to good together so to speak uh but, uh but uh you know you guys uh you guys both man you guys will do good with this thing hopefully it'll it'll be awesome for you
0: yeah man we sure appreciate that and like I said you know guys we, we've got big visions for this and and like Lane said about his pub if you guys will just stay with us just stay with us it's it's bound to be something good so make sure you guys check out our awesome sponsors. They've been they've been really good to us and supporting us in this new endeavor. Um, we hope we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we we've just got a lot coming on. We're having a lot of fun doing this. So Basham Lane, once again, thanks guys um, for joining me tonight. And listeners, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook page, the Simper Dogging Podcast. You can go over there. You can uh, interact with us over there. Drop some pictures of you and your dogs. Give us some uh, topics on what you guys want to hear about. Tell us if we did good. Tell us if we sucked. We like to hear it all. But it's it's a good it's a good community Facebook page. Uh, everybody can go over there and kind of hang out and chat and, and just be one another and enjoy the dogs. So, guys, until next time, keep dogging.